Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We're going to discuss the Reading Your Bible episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to break down the episode so you can help people who've been hurt by this topic. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and I'm here with Pastor Joel. Howdy ho! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So we have the people who've been hurt by the strict perspective. And these are going to be anyone who feels really guilty about not reading their Bible. Right. And, you know, we, we, I, I see that a lot and people who either don't read their Bible because they feel they, they don't read their Bible and they feel guilty or they read their Bible because they feel, feel guilty have definitely been hurt by the strict perspective. Right. In this whole episode, one one of the things that I saw was, you know, you kept getting back to the quality of reading, not the quantity. Right. Like the the reading your Bible has been equated to, you know, your daily bread, reading the Bible and just, but it's never uh, should be used as a way to rationalize. Well, I read my Bible, so I'm good. Right. Right. And I think. Going back to Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen, it is showing us the benefit of reading our Bible isn't by reading it in and of itself. The benefit of reading our Bible goes to it being profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Those are the things that we ought to keep in mind while we're reading our Bible. Yeah. And if I'm not experiencing at least one of those things while I read my Bible, I'm not experiencing the benefit that. Paul was teaching Timothy that there is in God-inspired scriptures. And so all of those things, all of those benefits are getting down to beliefs. They're getting down to actions and they're getting down to understanding or interpretation. Right. So talking, you know, going back to Pastor Dictator's comments. Mm, yeah. He's basically saying, you know, leave the leave the interpretation up, up to... For, professionals however he did recognize that there are two there's a what level that we can read it and then there's a why there's the interpretation and that's where we're trying to get people to is that that's where our beliefs are going to change so it's not um that that one of the reasons or one of the ways that we help people is by helping them with their definitions right and where they got that from yeah and, and you know we don't we don't need to be schooled in order to to have access to those things nowadays. So it's a pretty alarming perspective from Pastor Dick, but but I've heard it before. I've seen pastors and leaders have that perspective. I've heard of people being damaged that way, and it's unfortunate. Um, I just hope he realizes what he did is he took all the responsibility of everybody in his church's interpretation of Scripture. Oh. So if anybody in his church has a wrong interpretation of scripture, he's now at fault for it. I wonder if I asked him that, if he'd change his perspective. Be like, never mind. Go ahead and interpret on your own. Ugh. Wow. That's tough. Yeah, that's, that's, that's brutal. Yeah. The percentage of time that Jesus quoted scripture. Yeah. Directly. Was... Really small, right? Oh, yeah. When it was like under 10%. Yeah. I haven't I haven't seen the math in a while. At one point I did, but it was under 10%. So Jesus is very very 
limited in how much he is directly quoting scripture. So then why, I mean, why are there so many people like living in Milwaukee here? It was just the other night that Morgan and I were hearing like some, someone shouting and they were, we like walked outside and we heard down the, the main street, we heard someone with a megaphone shouting scriptures. And they're never nice ones. Yeah. Oh, it's the fear ones, right? Yeah. yeah. So why is that a method people continue to use? Yeah. Even though Jesus didn't? Yeah. Well, I think it's for the same reason. I, I would say it's good intentions, right? And I don't think we're trying to judge anybody's intentions here. Even the people who are being heard on the strict side. I think what these pastors and leaders want is for people to have a better understanding of God's word. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they want. The method they go about it is through fear, intimidation, or even just outright bullying someone into reading the scriptures. Yeah. But why? And but why do we still see that even with evangelism? Yeah. Um. I think it's for the same reason that people on the strict side do what they do. It's the most. It's the easiest way for me to feel good about what I'm doing, because if I just quote scripture at somebody. And tell them Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through him. I can just feel good about how I evangelize to everybody who heard me. Mm. Now, how many people did it actually help? Well, you know what? If it hurt 95 people, but it helped five, I just helped five people see the Lord. What about the 95 people I hurt because of the method I chose to use? We don't. We just forget about those people. Mm. But ultimately, the reason people do this is this is a very human thought process yeah. way of helping people. It's yeah. A to B. It's one step. Yeah. It, it took Jesus longer. It was harder for him to sit around and tell stories for how many years of his ministry on earth compared to the very limited time where he's basically the Sermon on the Mount He's directly teaching doctrine. And after that, the Pharisees handle it poorly. So what does Jesus do? Jesus adjusts his way of reaching people. And he starts telling stories. Hmm. Why don't we do that more often? Because it's harder. And I and really, am I focused on actually helping people? Or am I focused on making myself feel good about how I'm helping people? Yeah. So we have the general public or people who've been hurt by church come in and they get drilled that you need to read your Bible every day. They don't and they feel guilty. And now, and I know a ton of people that have had pastors and religious authorities quote scripture at them to, you know, lay a hammer down, you know, the the word of God is a hammer, you know, and it's just to pound them like a nail into place. And so therefore they have a really negative emotion with any type of scripture and they don't really want to read their Bible. And then they flip all the way to the other side of every time they approach the Bible, you know, they start to feel really uncomfortable. Right. Like, I don't like this. I don't, I don't enjoy this. It's really hard to understand. Right. And they're pushing through this, this negative emotion that they feel. How would you help someone help someone else? Like, how would you help a young pastor 
help someone have a better emotion to scripture and reading the Bible? I think I'd, I would show them the power of stories and really the, mm. I mean, the Bible does tell a story from start to end. And there is really what's the purpose behind this is for us to understand who God is. But ultimately, I think it's tough when we put a book like this into somebody's lap and say, now you immediately are representative of everything in this in this book and you're completely responsible for how you interpret it. Mm-hmm. So what I would try to do is, I think the, the first thing I would do with that pastor is I would try to give him the interpretation tools he needs in order to make sure his interpretation is right. And then ultimately it's like, it goes back to how is he taking what he's learning from God in the scriptures and delivering it to people? Because what we're seeing here is the same as reading my Bible for a certain reason is either going to be a benefit or a detriment to me. The same as teaching it. Hmm. The way I teach the Bible is going to, is just because I'm teaching God's word doesn't mean it's going to be a benefit to everybody who hears it. Wow. So it all goes back to how, like really why, how and why this pastor is going to be teaching God's word to the people. Man. And I love what you said there because it really is important that we are reading the Bible with other people. Nice. Yeah. That the Bible is, I don't think it was designed to be a me and God only thing, but that it was designed to have, to be an experience that we get to share. It was. Yeah. The, the Torah and the, the law, the Talmud, these were all read in the temples with people yeah and these new testament letters that paul wrote that we therefore then canonize were read with people these letters were passed around and spread around and read in homes and in sanctuaries and stuff like that and we yeah we even hear the story about jesus asking questions with when he's a 12 year old yep and he's in a place where he can ask questions and they were astounded by his questions, and and, um, you know, I think that I think that that is a, that is amazing that there was a culture to hear and understand each other, and questions were shared and welcomed. Yeah, that's good. So, um, Pastor Joel, again, you know, you helped us see that. Get it's all about the why. You can read the Bible for bad reasons. Right. And you can read the Bible for good reasons. So if you could walk us through these perspectives, because like we've been doing before, we we break this down that these categories are actually of self-esteem. Right. So the, the people we feel sorry for, either because they don't read the Bible or they do so because they think reading the Bible in and of themselves, in and of itself is what makes them holy, is low self-esteem. And one of the things I'm, I'm seeing is this pattern of people in low self-esteem are people who just are seeking affirmation. Uh, we covered this even with the swearing episode. We saw that. Why are these people swearing so much? They think it's funny. Why? Because they want to be affirmed. When someone laughs at their joke, they feel affirmed. Nice. In this case, 
I'll feel affirmed maybe in and of myself because I checked my box and I read this, I read a chapter of the Bible today or, you know, because I talked to somebody at church about, you know, now I'm equipped to say to somebody, did you read your Bible this week? I did all every day. You know, I read, I read the certain chapters of the day and I even read the proverb of the day. Mm. It's like, great. Why? So you could rub it in my face. I feel bad for those people. Because it's not the benefit we receive out of the scriptures. It's not so we can feel holy. And we see as we move in these levels of self-esteem, we see a progression of like really what the ultimate benefit is of the scriptures. Because there is a benefit to this mid-self-esteem perspective. The people we understand. And there's honestly, there's plenty of times that when I read the scriptures, I'm still at this level. Mm -hmm. Where I'm just trying to learn something new. I'm reading a story or I'm preparing something specific. I read a certain part of the Bible to learn something new. That's good. Unfortunately, if I'm not careful, it can cause me to be more rooted and grounded in a belief I already have that's flawed. Because if I'm reading the scriptures and I'm not taking into account to the biases I have, then the the new stuff I'm learning is just going to cause the beliefs I already have to be confirmed. Because that's naturally what we do as humans is we look comparatively at this information. So I'm going to naturally find the things that make sense in one step. Wow. And that's, oh, wow. What a, what a great perspective because what can happen is, is as I support my beliefs, and I look for things that support my belief, it's actually, it's not going to grow my self-esteem. It's going to tank out my self-esteem. So as soon as I hear something different than what I believe, it's not, I'm not going to associate that with the word of God, because you know what I associate with reading the word of God? My beliefs being cemented. Yeah. Yeah. That to me is my definition of reading the word of God, is my beliefs that I have go deeper and deeper. It cements what I believe. I'm more firm in what I believe. I'm more established in what I believe. Yeah. Which is great if my beliefs are right, and it's horrible if my beliefs are wrong, which is why this isn't the ultimate answer. Yeah. Right? Man. So sometimes then, it works, sometimes yeah, it doesn't. right. It depends on the context. Yep. It depends on what story I'm reading. I guess it would depend on what belief is being confirmed within me. Nice. But where the high self-esteem really gets to and and ultimately what it does is it it does this foreshadowing of the ultimate answer is it shows us really the mentality to have of reading the bible that it would always be a benefit Mm. and it is this hooray i'm wrong again bible study that you led which was amazing and it is this it's the person with high self-esteem who isn't afraid of being wrong because me being wrong is not representative of the value within me. Self-esteem is the confidence of, in the value which is in me, in the value of who I was created to be. Me being wrong doesn't bear any weight on the value of who God created me to be. Mm. In fact, I can actually learn that the more areas in my life where I find I'm wrong the more I'm able to allow that value within me to come out the right way. Mm. So it's this, this really what's the best way to be more right 
if that's what you want, if you want to be more right, the best way to be more right is to find out all the areas in you that are wrong. So this mentality of like, I want, hooray, I'm wrong again. I want to find these areas that I'm wrong in is high self-esteem because this person's able to do that and, and know this doesn't make me feel worse about who I am. It results in hooray. Hooray. This is a good thing. This is good. So that leads to this ultimate. And again, the ultimate answer. This isn't the only answer. This is the ultimate, the one that always works. And it's going to be reading your Bible with the mentality of giving God the opportunity to confront you. So how come that how come the ultimate answer isn't reading the Bible to get to know God? Why was that not the ultimate answer? I would say cuz that could still fall under the mid self-esteem. <laughs> cuz what if you have Oh right? yeah. Cuz what if your understanding of God's wrong? What yeah. if you have the wrong definition of who God is and then you read the scriptures with the mentality of getting to know God more. So what do you do? If I believe God's nature is love and I want to get to know God more, you know what I can do? Read more verses about love. Wow. And it can actually deceive me into thinking I'm more right about a flawed view of who God is in his nature. You talked about this in the low self-esteem about people doing something to feel holy. Yeah. And what I love about what you're saying is that feeling holy for us as human beings is feeling good about areas that we're wrong in. Yeah. Because that's the process of being holy, growing in holiness. Being sanctified. Finding the areas in you that are impure. And man, when we can feel good about that, that is having a, a feeling, having joy, a feeling of joy attached to that sanctification process is so healthy. Well, thank you to everyone who's been listening. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. Thank you, Pastor Joel. If you have any questions or comments or you'd like to hear a certain topic, please let us know. We'll see you next time.